Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. One of the great things about the show is I get an opportunity to talk to filmmakers, all kinds of different filmmakers about all kinds of different film projects. And one of my favorite films this year is uh, is a film, a small independent film called Tomorrow Ever After. Uh, the director and writer Elatir is uh, is here with us today. But let me just run through a quick kind of breakdown of what the film's about. It's just a just one of these films. It's so human. So uh, so uh, a beguiling also in many ways, but she plays a part of a uh, Shana, a historian who lives 600 years in the future, uh, where uh, war, poverty, pollution, greed, exploitation, depression, loneliness. These are all things of the past. They read about them in history books. And she comes back with some scientists to time travel back to our time. And uh, she spends she ends up in New York and and. Uh, her adventures, if you will, if that's the right way to put it, uh, become the film uh, Tomorrow Ever After. It's now available on uh, video on demand on other platforms, iTunes and such. So, Ela, uh, welcome back to Film School. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me back, Mike. <laughs> yeah, so did I get any of that right? Were, were you okay as far as my that description? That's a great description of it. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I mean it. Uh, I, I, th- well. I, thought, I thought that... Uh, you're, this is one of those films that kind of sticks with you. It, it just does. It just sort of uh, because it's it is uh, the perspective is unique. Your performance is, as I mentioned, uh, so beguiling, uh, uh-huh. nave of a of a performance uh, in the in the sense of her her trust and her her outlook on humanity is uh, is so positive and so kind of life enforced reinforcing. Um, that I just I jumped at the opportunity to be able to have you back on the show. You are also, as a filmmaker, involved with all other kinds of projects. We'll get into that, but uh, tell me about the what your sort of your takeaway now that we are uh, a few months down the road from its general release of uh, Tomorrow Ever After. As you look back and reflect on the film and and uh, what you were hoping to accomplish, and what how it all turned out for you in that regard. <laughs> I know that's a lot. Uh, that was a big question. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm very, I'm very proud of the film, and as independent filmmakers know, making a film is half the work, and then figuring out how to get it out into the world is the other half of the work. So I've been learning on the job, and um, yeah, last we spoke, um, it was uh, released, uh, it had a limited release in theaters, and um, as of today, it's available on iTunes and Amazon, and uh, we did choose to um, to release it ourselves. Um, so okay. I'm looking forward to to learning <laughs> and sharing with filmmakers everything that I learn along the way. Um, I've been teaching filmmaking for over a decade now, and I everything I teach is from experience. And so I'm just gathering information, and we'll we'll share everything I learn. Yeah. Uh, so I, I we we got into a, some of this in in the original interview, which you can go to filmschoolradio.com uh, dot and find uh, as well. But going from that, making that transition from now, let's back up uh, sort of uh, in terms of the timeline. 
were you a filmmaker first and then a teacher or were you teaching film and then you got into it as a filmmaker how what was the sort of the timeline oh that's a great question yeah um no i've wanted to make movies ever since i knew movies existed um i think my first one was mary poppins okay. <laughs> when i was a kid um and um so i've always wanted to make films and i've always thought of myself as a filmmaker, um, or at least was aspiring to be one. Mm-hmm. Um, and really by accident, I started teaching filmmaking. I needed a job, and I couldn't find one. I got turned away from a dog-walking job I applied for. Um, <laughs> and at the time, I was part of a couple of different writing groups, and I noticed that people kept coming to me for input. I had a real knack for training writers. And at some point, it occurred to me that I'm doing so much work on other people's projects and doing such a good job of it, I should, I should be charging I started my first screenwriting workshop in 2006, and eight people showed up. Uh, some of them I still mentor. And, um, yeah, now more than 10 years later, I've trained over a couple thousand writers and filmmakers here in New York. And um, this year in 2018, I'm going online, so a lot of my courses will be available online, and I'm excited to be making that transition. Fantastic. What are some of the films that we uh I mean, you have do you have a you have a web I'm sorry, let me start over. You have a Facebook page uh, <laughs> called uh, yeah. uh, Facebook at E A L T H I E R. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. as well. So, let's run through some of the films before uh before Tomorrow Ever After and um uh Born Letters, was that Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, Tomorrow Ever After is the second feature that I uh, directed and produced. I have four features out there that I've written. Um, Foreign Letters was the first film that I wrote, directed, and produced. Um, and I believe that one also, yeah, Amazon, iTunes, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very different film. Uh, although people tell me that when they watch both, they can very much tell that it's the same person who created them. Okay. So as so making that transition, uh, I, that's it, because a lot of filmmakers will listen to, uh, hopefully, are listening to film school, uh, and uh, that just that sort of that learning curve for you as a filmmaker making mm-hmm. making that transition from writing, helping people, assisting them with scripts, being mm-hmm. a part of that process. Is there uh, is there something that you? As a takeaway to those people who are interested in making that transition, what is it that maybe, you know, top line kind of uh, advice for them? as, as Sure. Filmmaker? You're talking about the transition from writing to directing and right. producing your own work? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, like many filmmakers, made that transition kind of by necessity. I mean, I wrote all these wonderful scripts and waited around for the magical producer who was going to discover me and write out the check. <laughs> um, and, um, and eventually I realized that I needed to be the first person who invests in me, um, and then others join along. Um, so, yeah. Um, and, and it was a blessing in disguise because now that I've directed my own work, it's very clear to me that I'm the right director for my own writing. And, um, and as I learn to produce, um, same thing. Like, you, you know, even as I partner with other producers, I'm really glad that I know the work and, um, and understand what's entailed. I guess I would say um, 
in terms of advice is to um, remember that there's no rush and to go one baby step at a time. Mm-hmm. In other words, you don't want to make the very first thing that you write, direct, produce to be like some you know million-dollar extravaganza because you do get better with time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I tell filmmakers, like, the first thing you shoot, like, don't spend more than $500. Mm-hmm. Um, just, uh, you know, just do some exercise, shoot in your backyard, edit what you shot. You learn from all the mistakes. Mostly you learn from mistakes. So, um, and what, um, what makes a film great or not is not the budget. I mean, I've seen $3 million films that look like a student film because it was somebody's first film and you don't want to spend that kind of money on your first film. Mm-hmm. So, um, so if you're going to learn on the job, and everyone does, um, start small and then build and build and build over time. There's no rush. Yeah. That's the thing that's very hard for all artists to grasp, that there really is no rush. It, yeah. Well, I can imagine the passion that comes along with wanting to be a filmmaker to make a movie is the mm-hmm. thing that would fuel that sort of sense of anxiety about moving the process forward in a very very fast way. I can that there's, you have to so you're saying you need to really kind of take a step back to be more objective about what you're doing. Is that would that be a, a good a fair way to characterize uh, it? Or yeah, you just. Um, uh, I don't know, like a lot of us walk around with all this just feeling bad about ourselves that we haven't done more by now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that just kind of, that anxiety gets in our way. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. yeah, I, yeah, that's what I would say. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, we're, we're speaking with Ila Tier, the She's the director, writer, producer on uh, Tomorrow Ever After. I, I don't mm-hmm. have the credit yeah. for Okay, everything. Uh, and, and she's also a part of the... The Independent Film School. Uh, gosh, yeah. what a great, what a great title! Uh, Independent Film School, uh, and and you can go online to find out about it. Theindependentfilmschool.com. and it's a, mm-hmm. it is a, as you mentioned, these are courses uh, that are available for uh, aspiring writers, scriptwriters, and filmmakers. Yeah, and I just I just published on there actually a, a free course that people can take on that I call uh, small bu- uh, small budget big movie. Gotcha. Um, Okay. Uh, making the point that uh, having a small budget doesn't necessarily mean that your movie isn't big. Uh, big in meaning, big in how entertaining it is, right. big in how the impact that it has on audiences. Uh, the budget doesn't impact that. Right. You know, it's so true. I, I, I look back on you know the films that have really kind of influenced me to change my perspective about filmmaking one and in in many ways sort of spurred me to this point where i'm now i've got a radio show and i get the opportunity the great um honor of talking with filmmakers of all stripes documentary foreign independent you name it um and the idea of a budget determining the greatness of a film i i can think of two three glaring examples where that's not the case stranger than paradise certainly is one film that jumps to mind Pie is another one that jumps mm-hmm. to mind. Uh, it, all kinds of documentaries. I, uh, the Softy uh, Sadvi uh, brothers were on to talk about Heaven Knows What. There are a number of films that are just amazing films, and were were made for 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 no money. Um, that uh, no real money, and mm-hmm. and does not in any way impact their. Uh, in fact, in some ways, makes them the rawness of it makes it a, mm. an even greater uh, film experience. Would that be, mm. am I 
that fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Um, and certainly, I would say the quality of the writing and the quality of the performances, which in my mind really determines ultimately the quality of a film, those have nothing to do with budgets. Right, right. Um, by the way, you you were uh, you were involved in a in a film that I really liked a lot, and I don't know why I didn't get more traction. You were uh, you did the story. You and Paul Danzinger did the story to Puncture, which I uh-huh. I really liked that movie, and I thought uh, uh, it was just a terrific. Chris Evans is in it. It's a number of uh, and it's a, and the story that is told in Puncture is immensely important about mm-hmm. uh, the influence of uh, of a trade organization. On hospitals and and how that impacts our healthcare, how that impacts the delivery of healthcare, it is. I, I just I really like the film, and I I, I was Thank unaware you. of of your involvement in that uh, until recently. And I just a vastly underappreciated film uh, because it's a good film, but also because it's something that to this day I never hear talked about. Mm-hmm. Is, is is that? Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> No, uh, Paul originally wrote the script. It was about his own life story and his partner, and yeah. he came to me as a script doctor, and um, he had never written a script before, and in working with me, he eventually decided to just hire me to write it. Um, and because it's such a, it is such a meaningful story, yeah. um, and I thought it was such an interesting story, very much outside the realm of anything I know anything about, uh, the, you know, law, uh, the legal world and the uh, corporate world and the healthcare world are all arenas I don't know anything about. Um, but I love the story so much that I did, I did come on board. And it's funny, you know, I often tell uh, writers that no matter what you're writing, if it's really good writing, it's autobiographical. Um, because the emotional content always needs to come from a real place. You could be writing about pigs in space, but how the pigs feel <laughs> and their relationships with each other and what they hope for and what they're scared of, that's all coming from, that's all memoir. So that's an example of that where I'm writing um, a true story that's very much outside the realm of anything I know anything about, but I looked at it and I'm like, well, it's about a friendship, I know about that, and it's about trying to do something important that feels like it's impossible to accomplish. I know about that. So that's how I connected to that story, um, is writing from that place of what's it like to pursue something that feels utterly impossible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And as and I want to underscore this as well, is again, once again, this is a hugely important aspect of our healthcare system that's not talked. I don't want to get too much into the detail of the film. I think I just we people can look it up, puncture, but. A, a, a remarkable part and aspect and and its impact on our ability to, to or hospitals or the medical uh, establishment to deliver uh, quality health care at an affordable price it just uh, yeah so uh, yeah. Just, yeah you know I will say to that Mike that um, I mean the profit motive penetrates every area of our society um, including filmmaking I mean you know it's Let's be honest, it's not an industry that's out looking for the best possible films. It's an industry that is motivated by profits, and they are risk-averse, and they're, they are going to take, like, the sure-bet franchise over something new that they haven't tried. Right. And so as filmmakers, it's actually useful for us to remember that, that as we hit walls, as we yes. encounter all these obstacles out there, um, that there is, uh, you know, 
there is a profit motive in there that does prevent really great work from receiving the kind of resources that it ought to receive and to not uh, think that it's some personal failing um, if you're not getting through doors with really great work. Exactly, exactly. Well, uh, as you move forward, by the way, there's another film that I, I just can't help but uh, want to mention all these films that were no-budget, uh, amazing films. Uh, Tarnation is another film that I thought was just a remarkable, mm. it's a documentary, but it's it almost feels, it's just a lot more to it. There are so many examples, and I think one of the great things about the sort of the emergence of the independent film scene in a in a way in a significant way and i would say going back to let's say stranger than paradise uh is that the opportunities are out there there's so many different ways now for Mm -hmm. people to put uh on their films and and make them available and it's just uh and your film is a great example tomorrow ever after it's it's uh, it's a it's such a heartwarming film and I know in our initial interview when we talked about it, uh, you expressed some reluctance or some reticence about your performance. I I, I beg to mm. differ. Uh, you, I mean, in, in the sense that it it, it uh, well, I don't know if that's the right word to use, but you were uh, you were uh, uh, felt like you maybe there's some something that you could have done better or whatever. But I don't think that's uh, different than any other film <laughs> film or actor mm-hmm. who's ever who's ever been on screen. But I just yeah. I just want to say how. How much uh, your your the, your performance, the way that the film unfolded, your character's uh, story unfolded, is the essence of the film, and it carries the film in ways that, again, I I found to be uh, truly moving, and um, I I just mm. wanted to say that because I you know because I thanks so much, Mike. Yeah, I, you know, it occurred to me to clarify actually. Um, uh, this course that's on my site, and it yes. is a free course, what I did was I actually used clips from Tomorrow Ever After to speak to different aspects of the craft okay. in creating a big movie with a tiny budget. Um, so no plot spoilers, but uh, but I, what I did is I used Tomorrow Ever After as a teaching tool um, to talk about uh, small budget, you know, shoestring budget filmmaking. Yeah. Um, and again, that's on the independentfilmschool.com. There you go. TheIndependentFilmSchool.com. You can go find out yeah. more about it. Uh, what's what's in the future? Now, obviously, you have a lot going on, and I've obviously uh, helping filmmakers and writers uh, hone their craft, getting them to a point where uh, we uh, we see uh, the, the the fruits of their labor. Uh, what what are you hoping for in the future? What are you hoping to accomplish? Continue to uh, with uh, the Independent Film School and your other projects. What, where where's the sort of the big picture for you? Sure. Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, well, uh, Tomorrow Ever After is the first in um, at least a trilogy of films, if not um, a longer series. Um, so just the, the premise of the film lends itself to endless yeah. storylines. So I'm happy to say I did finish writing its sequel, um, and I'm hoping to shoot that within a year. Um, I am focusing right now on... Um, uh, creating my courses into an, a format that I can share online. Um, so over 2018, I'll be rolling those out, my online courses, and then turning my attention to um, to shooting the sequel to Tomorrow Ever After. Well, fantastic. Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful to hear. Um, well, when all of those things are done, I, I certainly hope you'll come back. Uh, I'd love to talk to you more about your, your film, your filmmaking, and your approach to film. 
thank you so much. And you really loved being back. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Uh, and and also that that uh, you know a lot of people talk about giving back to to in you know the world of film, and, and I'm sure with the best of intentions, many of them say these things. But uh, here we have here you really have put uh, your the uh, actions uh, behind the words in helping other filmmakers, and uh, thank you for that and uh, and thank you for your work and uh, I, l- I look forward to the sequel yeah. to Tomorrow Ever thank After thank you so much oh thanks so much Mike really right. appreciate it you're welcome again Ela Tier the film is Tomorrow Ever After you can go to the the independent film school dot com to find out more about her work and the the courses that are available uh, as well as keep an eye out for on VOD uh, Tomorrow Ever After thank you Ela thank you so much bye 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 You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.